time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm Sean Harris. And to the left of me, the authority on assets, the soldier of fortune, the man with the income plan, Mr. Jess Hamill. Good morning. I'm over choking down a great Jolly Rancher. <clears throat> and to my right, the pioneer of private lending, the proponent of the proletariat, the people's champion, Mr. Jaden Newman. Yo. <laughs> Good Gentlemen, morning. Hey. Welcome to the airwaves. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much. How are you guys doing this morning? Never been better. Really in good shape, actually. Never been better? Never been better. Wow. Excited about the day. Did you guys have a good week? Yeah, it was okay. Anything exciting happen? What was the most exciting part of my life the last week? <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you one that I like I'll just for if I got any carnivores out there. I, I've got the, the coolest fire pit. I had an opportunity to put a put a bonfire in, and I have this neat little barbecue crate that I put over it, and... It covers the entire fire pit, and I actually had the whole thing covered with chicken wings, fajita flank steak, fajita mm. chicken, pork tenderloins. It, it was an amazing, just I mean, barbecue feast, like, and like you, caveman it, style. And you ate it all yourself, right? Oh yeah, every, every <laughs> last bit on the way. He was taking bites out of his lunch over there that are bigger than a lot of entrees I've seen in some fancy restaurants. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, I tell you something really exciting happened to me this week. I won the lottery. Wow, what do you need some help finding a place to put it? <laughs> I might, but so here's the thing: I won three million dollars in the lottery this week. But being the good person I am, I decided to donate a quarter of it to charity. So now I only have two million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars and seventy-five cents. There you go. Is that quarter. Enough? Is that true quarter? Yeah, yeah. Is that enough to donate? Oh, you got it. Is that enough for me? You had me going there. I was like, wait, that's bad math. (laughs) (laughs) Is that enough for me to invest? I think so. Can I get an income plan going? Yeah, two point nine million. Jess might be able to fit you in. Okay, that's awesome. Keep your spending under control. Yeah, we get it. That's awesome. All right. Well. For those of you who may be first-time listeners, we are Noble Capital Wealth Management, and we're a financial advising and income planning firm based here in Austin, Texas. And if you want to talk to us and find out more about what we do and how we can help you build your income plan, go to noblecapital.com and click on Retirement Blueprint Dinners. You can RSVP right there on the website. We've got one coming up Thursday, March 7th at Fleming's in the Domain here in Austin. And then we have another one this month, Tuesday, March 26th at TrueLux. And uh, it's an awesome event. You guys should really come check it out. I I second that. We were just at TrueLux earlier this week, and it was pretty fantastic. It's a good one, huh? Mm -hmm. Good. Well, last week's episode was called At What Income? And we talked a little bit about at what income 
you want to retire as opposed to what age you want to retire, which is what people typically think about. And it was a, a great episode. It was really instructive for me. You guys had a lot of really great information. So if you folks out there listening haven't heard it yet, you can find the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts and go download At What Income and catch up. So, And I challenge you to see if you can find the offhand comment buried in the uh, one-hour show. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> I should have drawn a little more attention to it because it was, it was very funny. But in any case, so I came across something I found doing a little poking around online this week. Uh, I found a, a little joke for you. Okay. So what's another name for a long-term investment? Hmm. I can think of a bunch, but none of them are going to be the punchline of the joke. So I'll uh, defer to Jade. Anything? Mm-hmm. No. A nickname? Is that what you said? Or another? A, another name for long-term investment? A failed short-term investment. Not on my watch, man. Not on Boom. Okay. Yeah, we need the little the joke drums. Yeah. Yeah. I can probably find a sound effect that I can squeeze in there. We need some. Yeah. I'll do. I'll do a little looking around. So. On that note, that kind of dovetails into today's topic. The name of the show is called The Foreseeable Future. And we are actually going to be talking, talking about predictable income. We're not going to be talking about short-term investments that fail and turn into long-term investments. We're going to be talking about actual predictable income. And I want to start by kind of talking about why it's so important for your income in retirement to be predictable. You know, it, it does bring you some sort of confidence, but why is this important particularly for retirement? I don't know that's important particularly for retirement overall. Most of us uh, want predictable income throughout our career. <clears throat> so salaried people or hourly people or people that are make pretty close to the same thing all the time, they get used to that and that's predictable. It's when you get out of that into retirement and the paycheck stops, that you don't want your lifestyle to start going up and down. You want it to be as predictable as you can. So I think just the nature of being retired dictates that you need predictable income from day one. Yeah, I agree, Jess. I, you know, one of the things we we talk a lot about at, at these retirement events, these um, you know, call them fancy dinners that we put on, and we give our clients and prospects an opportunity to come out and you know be part of a discussion, a retirement, a wealth management discussion. And a lot of people are are thrown off because the theme of 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 the talk is is really we we t- spend a lot of time talking about checking boxes off your bucket list, right? You know, and what we promote to our clients is that in order to to check the boxes off your bucket list, you've got to have a retirement plan, and that retirement plan needs to set you up to retire with lifestyle confidence and fulfillment. So. When we talk about predictable income, Sean, I mean that's right there in the in the bullseye of of the the confidence in in that fulfillment that that you want to have in retirement. So we we have a, a whole discussion when we're having this this conversation at this event about income planning, and I always throw out what what percentage uh, of your income in retirement. Let's say we nail down your spending plan and how much you're, you're going to spend. It might be a hundred thousand, might be two hundred thousand a year, might be three hundred thousand a year. But whatever it is, we're going to gross it up and make sure we got taxes built in. We're going to inflate it. But the question is, how much of that do you want coming in from predictable 
income sources or guaranteed when when possible guaranteed lifetime predictable those are the three keywords sometimes you don't get all three but i want at least two of them okay <laughs> if i can get all three that's beautiful uh, guarantee i want all of it to be predictable you're a hundred percenter over here a hundred percent okay that's yeah. one of the profiles we have in the audience yeah and then another one is you know like basic needs and and that works okay when you've got a big enough portfolio to ride the ups and downs and still be able to live your lifestyle. About a 50 percenter, and that's what we get a lot of. So I get 100%, 50%, and then people are in the middle. I want a majority, about two-thirds of it. So what's the drawback to being like myself and being a 100 percenter, 100% predictable income? Is there a drawback to that? I don't know that I would call it any of those uh, factors drawbacks. Everything is a, it's a give and take. So if I'm going to improve something on one side, it's got to come from somewhere else, and it depends on what's important to you. So if capital preservation is important to you and you have the portfolio to withstand a little bit more risk, then you get one level. Um, if it's important enough that if something goes wrong, it's a major disruption in our lifestyle, then we need to have as much as possible and guaranteed or predictable. Okay. Well, I guess that makes a lot of sense because, honestly, you, you can't enjoy your retirement without a certain level of peace of mind. And that peace of mind, I think, comes from the predictability, right? Sure. And – you know, when the conversation continues, I we hear we put these we got fifty percenters, a hundred percenters, we got people that want a majority or say two thirds of, of their income being predictable, guaranteed lifetime income. Of course. I mean who wouldn't? Well here's the kicker. When when we're when we're in a room full of thirty, forty uh, people and we're talking about this, I I you know, as gently as possible, I remind everybody that's there that we don't have it people right now in the room. We don't have even 10% of you that have 50% of your income identified as guaranteed predictable or lifetime income. Yeah. And it's just crickets. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, when we get back, I want to dig into this a little bit more. But again, you want to learn more about this, learn more about us, you can go to noblecapital.com and we will be right back after this break. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about predictable retirement income. In the last segment, we were talking a little bit about how predictable income brings you some peace of mind so that you can relax and, and kind of enjoy your retirement. And really, to me, this all kind of means that you're able to plan with a little bit more certainty what you want to do, whether it's your your wants or your needs. You can be prepared for unforeseen emergencies, right? So what kind of income do we incorporate into our clients income plans that are more predictable and provide a little bit more stability that's uh, a that's a pretty broad question but you know what we're trying to do is create the equivalence of a pension i mean that's the that's the the holy grail of retirement income is social security and a pension that covers your needs and then some what what's a pension pension an annuity <laughs> it's almost always an annuity of some sort purchased yeah. by the you know the employer yeah. Um, so we have ways of creating other pensions with annuities or similar instruments so that we've got a, a not only predictability level, but a guarantee level at that point. 
Okay. So you're talking about annuities. Are, are there any other types of income that would kind of fall into that category? Maybe, you know, sort of, sort of a middle ground predictable income, but other things that we can use? Because obviously I think people probably aren't going to put every dime they have into an annuity. Is that no, right? Of course not. And we, would, we wouldn't recommend that. And if we did, the regulators wouldn't allow that. So, I mean, that wouldn't be prudent. But yeah. that's, that's kind of the first layer um, of true guaranteed and predictability. But everything that we use on our income plans are significantly predictable relative to you know, the regular investors, uh, the 40-year-olds and stuff like that. So it's, they're all predictable. Some are more predictable than others. Some are more certain than others. But in the end, it's all about not having to worry about going back to work because something went wrong or knowing that you can plan for, like you said, something a year from now and, and enjoy it without the worry that you spent too much money. So what do you, Jess, if, if somebody comes in and says, you know, sign me up, I, I didn't get a pension at work, and, you know, I, I understand through learning about you guys, that's one of the things you specialize in, in setting up, you know, custom pensions, uh, vehicles for, for their clients. So what what's kind of the the process for for our listeners what how do how do you determine how much that pension should be in in comparison to their their spending plan or their budget and the, the income relative to expenses or the, the the value of it relative to the proportion of the portfolio um well you, you that's interesting that, that you're looking at it both ways uh, just 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 more on a, a fundamental level if, if if I knew I wanted to come in do I do I have to come in and say look I want to I wanted you to design me a fifty thousand dollar a year pension yeah is that's it easy. that easy that's, or that's that's what we do all day that's the easy stuff okay. um, you know everybody is different I can't stress that enough as we talk about on the air um, dealing with blanket statements but we we're used to that we have the 50 year olds we have the 70 year olds big portfolios small portfolios and no matter what you bring to the table or what your budget is, we will make it as efficient as it can be, as predictable as it can be, and as tax efficient as it can be, mm-hmm. bottom line. Well, so for all of the people listening out there that may not understand the sort of mechanics of an annuity or a pension, what makes them predictable? I mean, sort of, how do they function, in other words? That's a that's a kind of what was that Saturday Night Live skit? Deep thoughts with somebody. Nah. <laughs> that, that, that's a little too deep to get into on the radio, but not to avoid it. One of the uses with um, annuities is to use an income rider, which then gives a guaranteed income stream. You know exactly what it's going to be, and it lasts for the rest of not only your life but your spouse's life as well. If you want to set it up that way. Okay. Well, I apologize for the deep question, no, but cool. you know, I'm I'm always I'm always thinking and, and a little bit introspective here. So I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, deep thoughts by the, Sean Harris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's maybe another episode, <laughs> and that might be a new creative segment that we could we could throw in there. Sure. Uh, they. I just, probably wouldn't I, I just I just tell them I I can't cut your hair over the the radio. So right. yeah. yeah. Um, but you know. The it's interesting that that someone the the point what we were talking about is somebody can come in and and actually set up a pension that didn't get a pension from their job from mm-hmm. from work and they can back into how much income they they want to turn on at certain times it can be a joint pension a, a joint income uh, or single life right right and we, um, we just re- we reverse engineer it 
based on budget inflated for inflation. Yeah, and and the other thing is you can customize how how it grows. Mm-hmm. What determines you know if there's any upside? If I wanted to maybe risk a little more and, and have a higher pension, or you know, or it could it could end up lower? Or if I just want a guaranteed amount, no matter what, there's some flexibility in customizing these vehicles now. There yeah. is. So before we get into that, I I want to kind of touch on real quick what is kind of the trade-off between, you know, you talk about predictability uh, versus a, a less predictable investment like the stock market. You know, what's the kind of trade-off, you know, from predictability with risk versus yield and, and that sort of thing? So yield isn't a big portion of what we do. That's That comes after the income plan is done. So okay. it's about generating income. We have that completely solved. Then we switch to a second conversation and start talking about accumulation and yield and things like that. Okay. Um, but everything we have is really predictable. So the differences from one asset class to another is liquidity, um, preservation of principal versus consuming the principal, um, whether we can use IRA money to fund it or if it's got to be non-qualified. All that comes together to one big picture. Do you ever have clients that are just don't want any predictable income. They, they fight you over it. They're like, no, I want you know, this investment and this investment. I want 10% returns. I want this and that. I mean, is it? So the short answer is no, but that's because in the first appointment, we, we root that out. We want to make sure that we can provide what the expectations are of the client. And if their expectations are such that it's not something I feel comfortable committing to, or if it's outside of reasonability from what we're doing, then we shake hands and we don't we don't go any further down the road. Yeah, we're not stock market brokers, yeah. stock brokers. Yeah. We're not interested in that. Yeah. That time's passed. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with the with the stock market though. It's a uh, it's an important part of a of a complete plan. And a lot of our clients have significant balances in mm-hmm. the in the stock market. It it just needs to be um, in in context with with the overall plan and the balance. But another way we we generate some predictable income is the private lending yeah. side, so you know, real estate lending. It's got a little bit more volatility, but it's very, very predictable. And compared to the stock market, it's, it's considerably more predictable. Um, but it also preserves the asset. And there's a neat trick that we can do for RMDs with that, where we carve off enough of your IRA, put it in the, the fund, and the proceeds from the fund are enough to cover your RMDs for your entire uh, qualified portfolio. That's nice. So that's a way to preserve the principal and, you know, submit to whatever the IRS is trying to tell us we have to do. On the RMD side, that's yeah. good. And and for folks who may not know what an RMD is, that's <laughs> required minimum distributions. That is correct. All right. So, but when we say predictable income, we're not necessarily talking about a lower level of income. I mean, when we get down or, you know, around to planning the strategy, you know, it's a Predictable income is typically associated with lower yield investments, but doesn't necessarily mean that they're just going to have a shoestring budget, right? Right. So that's not necessarily true. Um, There are aspects of that that do apply sometimes, but that's kind of an either-or scenario that we don't have. Um, You know, when I I grew up in the construction industry, and there was a saying, you can you can fast, cheap, or good. You can only pick two. Um, So the same thing. You know, if you want. Total liquidity, super high returns, super predictable, and the highest rate available, that's that's not there. Um, but we can get as close as we can, and by blending different asset classes, we can achieve an overall um, exact result like that. The whole okay. plan itself fits all those parameters. Yeah. So, you know, 
this this reminds me of the rule of 100 a little bit something we talk about just just some old wisdom financial wisdom when you when you look at what the rule of 100 means you take your age and subtract it from 100 that's a guideline for for anybody to really be looking at what percentage of their portfolio maybe is 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 appropriate to not be predictable at that point so for a 50 year old the rule of 100 would say okay so 50% of my my income maybe isn't you know predictable right and i'm okay with that but when i'm when i'm 80 you know i only want 20% of my my income to not be predictable um it's just a guideline it doesn't apply you know spot on with everybody but i do think that it's it's a good principle to sort of provide some guidance yeah and so we run into a lot of variables on that so a 50 year old theoretically would be 50% but a retired 50 year old no we're going the other direction so there's really a lot to dig into here and we're not going to get in probably to all of the nitty-gritty although we will break it down a little bit in the next segment but if you want to learn more you can always go to noblecapital.com you can come rsvp for one of our retirement dinners just click on retirement dinners on the home page and you can rsvp right there so we'll be back with some more on this topic in just a second discussing predictable income and how you can achieve financial confidence in retirement. And that's really what retirement's all about. It is that financial confidence. You know, people talk about being independently wealthy and retiring early and all of that sort of stuff. Well, that's financial confidence too, but we're talking about how to achieve that financial confidence more specifically for your retirement, right? Exactly. And that's what we do here at Noble Capital Wealth Management. We construct retirement income plans, we deal with tax strategy, and we help basically make your money last longer than you last. And that's, that's really what <laughs> that's it's all, all about. Really matters in the end. Yeah, I want the money to last, last longer than me. So I want to get into a little bit of the strategy because we're talking about some of these different predictable income streams. But how do we make that work? I mean, it, is it just as simple as setting up you know, an annuity or a certain policy or a certain income generating investment, or is there more behind it than that? So there's nothing about it as simple, at least not on our end, putting it together, but there's no one asset class. Um, it's a mixture of all of them. They each serve a specific purpose. They're a cog in the wheel that makes up the entire income plan. Okay. Um, and there's, there's variation. We can go heavier on this asset or heavier on that one, but we need to keep it in a mix that works specifically for that client. You know, I have clients that come in with $2 million in tax deferred money versus a client that's got the same amount in non-qualified money. Those are two completely different strategies because one of them is dealing with RMDs and taxes and the other one is dealing with keeping the taxes on that growth down as far as we can. Okay. So how does a person's age influence how you approach this? Like for instance, I'm thinking you're, you're talking about certain types of annuities and things like that. I mean, how would that benefit somebody much younger setting up an income stream like that? So you know, the, the younger retirees, their, their greatest uh, want is their biggest uh, hurdle, and that's longevity. Everybody wants to live a long time. Mm -hmm. If you retire at 50 and you've got probably 40 good years left in you, 
that's more than you've had in a professional career. So less than half of your life you've worked to fund the greater than second half of your life. And then you've got inflation on top of that. Mm -hmm. So that person can maybe take a little bit less predictability. 55-year-old can go back to work a lot easier than a 70-year-old can. So from an age standpoint, the older we are when we start, and then as we progress down the plan itself, the more predictable and or guaranteed that we want it to be. Okay. So, Jaden, earlier you were mentioning the, the rule of 100. Can you unpack that a little bit for our listeners who may not be familiar with that guideline? Absolutely. So this is a we, we use the rule of 100 in several illustrations in terms of how much to be exposed to the stock market at, you know, at, at what age. And also we, we apply it to the income plan, which is really what, what we like to focus on. That's where we start to separate from the pack. A lot of the financial advisors are talking about, you know, what percentage of your portfolio should be in risk versus safe money, you know, versus maybe some kind of hybrid or stocks, bonds, how much should be in cash, so on and so forth. But who's looking at the pie charts at your on your income plan with you on the level of risk you're taking on your retirement income sources? So each retirement income line item, each source for your paychecks has a different level of risk associated with it. And what's even more complicated is that continues to change as you move through the retirement uh, process. So a, a 55-year-old versus a 75-year-old might be willing, might have a different profile, might be willing to take on more risk in their income plan, whereas if you're 75, you want to you know, have less risk in your income plan. So that's a very important component to look at. And when you start understanding the rule of 100, the, this is what I want the listeners to go away with today is, it, it's it just starts by planting the seed that you got to be in in tune with w what your age is and really how that relates to and coordinates with the level of risk you're taking with your financial planning and that if you can start there then then we can start to have an intelligent conversation about it yeah yeah and you're talking about planting the seed for for your retirement income and and when it comes to that you really do reap what you sow so if you start investing early you're going to have more accumulation is that right you're gonna have more to work with well i mean that's always going to be the case um, if you invest well it could be the other yeah, way around too i guess that's um, true but it, it's, it's a starting a little bit earlier than than 65 to start planning for it so that when it gets there we've we've made a, a proactive approach to it instead of retro there's nothing more disappointing than a 66 year old walking in my office saying i i retired last year and now i think maybe it's time to get a plan for retirement yeah so say somebody comes to you with you know, may, maybe they're 55, maybe they're 60, they're looking at retirement and they come to you with a, a bunch of investments that are really more on the high risk end of the spectrum. What's going to be your approach? Well, the first thing is to determine with them what their risk tolerance is and what they're comfortable with um, and asking questions. So I really get in their head and know and maybe the, the nature of the question itself causes them to think about something they weren't really thinking about so they can have a, a good, accurate um, feeling for what their risk tolerance is, and then we build around that. I don't want to drive anybody towards any one particular thing. Um, it needs to suit the client. We've got cowboys, and we've got people that just want it all um, guaranteed and anything in between, but we want to have a rational discussion so that the results of that discussion helps them make a rational decision. Okay. So do you have avatars? There's like the cowboy. There's like <laughs> we got some nicknames for, for various types. <laughs> All positive. Various approaches, yeah. various attitudes, various uh, ages and, and levels of uh, risk profiles, of course, is, is a big thing that we always incorporate into it. Now, we always talk about 
income laddering and have, you know, sort of a, a vague idea of how that works. Obviously, I'm not the, the financial advisor here. I'm, I'm the financial fool in the room. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, do you use your income laddering method in order to, you know, temper some of that risk in, in the portfolio? And, and how does that work? Um, the, the older we get, the more predictable and guaranteed income we want and the less uh, variable income we want. So that factors into what assets we put into play to be utilized up front and on the back end. Okay. You put kind of contingencies in place for, you know, emergencies and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, is that something that predictable income is, is better for, or is that kind of a different aspect of the income laddering or the income strategy? It, it's a bit of a different aspect. We want to hold back enough liquid that it makes sense for the comfort level of the client without having too much sitting there work, not working. Um, and then, like I said, as we move down the income ladder, so for the first leg is 65 to 70 and the second one is 71 to 75, um, as they get older, we want to utilize less and less risk accounts and more and more of the accounts that have been sitting there accumulating that are predictable and guaranteed. Okay. And along with it, we, we throw in there the tax efficient or tax free stuff towards the end. Because as we move down the ladder, we're increasing the income for inflation. And at some point, we're going to pop it in the next tax bracket. So if we can get a mixture of tax free, tax efficient, and taxable income all the way down the line, then we minimize the amount of tax that actually gets paid on that. I've got a question for Jaden. What is your risk tolerance, Jaden? Well, you got to always you know, expect a question. Um, from a from a financial advisor when you ask them a question, right? Right. So, which bucket of money are you are you referring to, Sean? Well, actually, I was talking about your whole portfolio. Well, I don't look at it as a whole. We we have different buckets of of, of money that have different um, risk tolerances for the oh, different strategies that we're okay. in. Okay. So, okay. So, so, so you, you don't depend. Are we talking about our safe money um, that's in the safest accounts? Or are we talking about the the more aggressive money that we're trying to to grow. So can you take these these income buckets with different basically risk tolerances and average them uh, all across the spectrum and kind of come up with a uh, general risk tolerance for an individual? Yeah, oh, absolutely you could and then you should take another look at that um, as you continue to age back to the time spectrum because that that should be changing over time mm -hmm. based on my retirement outlook, and also how much predictable, guaranteed lifetime income I've set up for myself. You know, think about this: what What if my spending was two hundred thousand a year in retirement? Mm -hmm. And what if at forty five or fifty years old, I was able to achieve two hundred thousand dollars of predictable income for my retirement? Yeah, you know, from age fifty to ninety, then it would change the way I look at risk a little bit because now I've already know where my income is going to come from. I'm good. Sure. I still want to leave a legacy and do well, but if I go take some more risk or I have to put some money in some longer term investments, not necessarily failed short term investments, <laughs> right? <laughs> then real long term investments. Then I feel more, more liberty and more security to do that. And that that's the beauty of having almost that insurance of predictability in your portfolio when it comes to income planning. But the way that affects the question you asked, so a good example of this, somebody has the equivalents not inflated, but just for, for the base of the conversation, $200,000 worth of income and it's planned out for the rest of their life and that leaves them with $300,000 left over or the same person with the same budget 
we've got it all planned out, and now they've got three million left over. Their risk tolerance spread across that. That three hundred thousand or that three million can be a higher risk, but it's such a much bigger portion of the portfolio. It's hard to say what the average is across the portfolio. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot again, Jaden. I hear you often talk about your retirement number. What's your retirement number? Thirteen hundred five hundred. Let's see, thirteen hundred five. It's it's going to be somewhere around thirteen hundred fifty-two dollars. That's your, that's your retirement that's my number. Retirement number. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just made that up, Sean. <laughs> um, so I was trying to give you a straight answer, but yeah, yeah, your it's your retirement score, right? Is what retirement we're talking score, about. Yeah. Right. Same right. Thing. Sorry. Retirement number. I mangled your words. No, no, it's okay. I don't that's mean to why destroy you, your ideas. <laughs> you, you threw me off. Um, so the the retirement score is simply a a figure that I was what I was just talking about is what what percentage of the predictable long-term guaranteed income have I achieved in my income plan? And, you know, you might be 50% of the way there, 80% of the way there, maybe you're a hundred percent of the way there. Yeah. The groups that I speak to, um, I, I, like I said earlier, I call them out and say, look, let's just talk like family. Not in this room, a room this size, not even 10% of you have identified where at least half of your income is going to come from. Yeah. So it, I have to, I have to kind of love on them a little bit because I basically have told them that they're not ready they for don't retirement. Have a plan. They, they yeah. don't have a plan, but the good news is they have the pieces of the plan and Jess can help them put that together. And when that happens for them, they start to see it. I mean, what happens, Jess? Yeah. You can just watch the expression on their face, the, the comfort, the happiness, like, wow, that's awesome. And a lot of times people come in and think they're not going to make it. And so we get real creative and they're, they're very, very grateful that we pull off. We pull the rabbit out of the hat. Yeah, it's like a weight being lifted. Again, it's kind of like the confidence portion of this conversation. So is your retirement score supposed to be somewhere on a scale of 1 to 100? You could – yeah, we, we like to talk about it in, the, in terms of the scale of 1 to 100. And okay. you, you would look at it as a percentage of, uh, that you've reached of your, of your retirement income goals. Okay. You know, and then you can know where you're at. I mean, we could tell you, Sean, right now, you're at about. Well, wait. What I, I know what my retirement score is. <laughs> okay. Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say got, five. But, well, so four percent. <laughs> I think it's four. Okay. Yeah. They, that is that good. You're you got <laughs> young. So yeah, you're what. 13, 12 or thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're right on point. Exactly. Well, again, there's a lot of information here. But you can always come talk to us or you can attend one of our retirement blueprint dinners. We hold them twice a month. Just go to noblecapital.com, click on retirement dinners, and you can pick the date and time that you want to RSVP for right there on the website. We'll be right back after this break. Talk thirteen seventy. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour, and we are back. If you just tuned in, well, you've missed a lot of really great content, and you're going to have to hit us up wherever you get your podcasts and download this episode called The Foreseeable Future. But we've been talking about ensuring that you have predictable income in retirement. And as we often do, we have a little segment we call Tales from the Trenches, where we can talk about some real-life stories with financial advisors relating to the topic that we're talking about today. 
And of course, we're not going to use any names. We're not going to call you out, folks, if you're a client of ours. But what I was curious about, and this is really interesting to me, what is the least predictable client portfolio you've seen when they come and sit down with you at the first the you know, the first appointment and what are you able to do about it well um i, I don't know that any one particular one comes to mind and but. not the bitcoin guy <laughs> um, but there've been a, there've been a few people that come in with just everything spread across the market just in random levels of risk usually higher risk so you're talking um, stocks yeah yeah. And it's, you know, it's people that are approaching retirement or, or they're right there. And so for the past eight or nine years, they've been riding this, this unbelievable bull market and they haven't adjusted to the uh, retirement mindset yet. So everything's still at risk. They've been lucky so far, but they, that's uh, definitely the least predictable. Okay. What about Jaden? Anything come to mind for you? Or? Mine is, yeah, the, the, the client profile I, I've dealt with multiple times. Jess, I know you've seen him. We, we haven't really named this, this, uh, character um but the, it'll be a client that comes in with and i'm i'm ruling out the ones that don't have enough to even come up with a plan that's that's the sad story uh, we don't see as many of those mm-hmm. uh these days uh just because of our offering it, it attracts you know higher net worth but you know we'll have people come in with um a significant balance in just one comp one one stock and and they're wondering, you know, they they're asking, can I retire at the, in, at that point? And it's like, well, you know, from a, a portfolio size standpoint, you, it, it seems like you've got enough money, right, to to pull it off. But from a predictability standpoint, if you've got a crystal ball, um, you know, your guess is as good as mine. Because my question for you is, you know, where in order to ask, tell you if you can retire or not. We, we, I need you to show me where your income is going to come from for the rest of your life. And if you've got a really well thought through income plan that, you know, considers tax efficiency, tax free income, you're, you're building in, you know, all your, your tax planning and you've got enough income, you've got diversified income, then like, and we've checked the box on long-term care, then great. Let's, let's see it. And I can answer your question. But the fact is, is, all that those those people do is they wake up and check check their stock in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. in the mid morning again, and at noon, and their whole life is is about just being plastered to MSNBC or their their stock scorecard, and that's that that's what they've hung you know all the nest eggs on. And, and they still don't have a, a, an actual plan for how it's going to come out. They're, they don't. They're in spin-down mode. And at best, it would be a distri- just a straight spin-down and some assumption on how much, you know, uh, Apple's stock is going to grow, you know, for example, um, which, hey, I'm I'm not throwing Apple under the bus. They've been amazing. You own some Apple right now, I do. right? Um, but, you know, we don't, we don't pick stocks for people. Um, when we're talking about predictability in your retirement income plan, that that's a different conversation. When we're talking about picking, you know, stocks in the stock market, than when we're talking about predictability in an income plan, Sean. Okay, that's got to be a terrible way to live your life—just constantly looking at the stock market 
from the opening bell to the closing bell, wondering if you're going to make a little more money that day or if you're going to lose a bunch of money. That is not confidence in retirement. We going we going to go out to eat tonight or, or not? <laughs> yeah, or are we not yeah. going to eat tonight? Let me check tonight? my phone. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> lost four thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I can I can guarantee you guys this. Out of the three of us sitting in this studio here today, I have the most predictable retirement income out of any of you guys. Let's hear it. How much is Social Security going to pay me every month? <laughs> it's different for everybody. That, I mean, that's pretty predictable, right? It's, it's, uh, it should be. Yeah. So that that's good, right? I have a predictable uh, income plan put together there as long as you don't want to live large then yeah you're yeah, good you've got yeah. the you've got the confidence part down but um, not not so much the <laughs> lifestyle and you're gonna have to tell us if, if that's gonna be fulfilling for you Sean. well i figured i would farm my own vegetables maybe raise some chickens and i'm gonna live in a yurt yeah which, straight up hippie man that's that's cool you could do that on social security yeah it'd be easy to build an income plan for that too i think that's lifestyle you, Yes. That, that's some lifestyle right subsistence there. farming that is a lifestyle yeah yeah that's not exactly the don't life. get sick or get hurt yeah this is true this is true well it's time for you guys to put your money where your mouth is this is where my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode and i get to decide how they have to deliver it so here's how this works Every week, I seal the guidelines for the game in the Shanvelope, and I open it on air so they never know what to expect. This week, if I stump them, they have to buy me a $100 gift card to Miller's Outpost so I can refresh my wardrobe with some brightly colored Western shirts. I can't wait to see that. All right, guys, you ready? Let's, let's do it. All right, let's let her rip. Okay, this week, I want you to sum up today's episode in exactly five words, but it must include the word foreseeable. Right on, we got it. While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together... I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, gentlemen. That is time. What do you got for me? Jaden, you going first time? Sure, I'll just lay it down. This is going to be a pin drop or a mic drop here, and I'll just, I'll just walk off the show. So. Lay it on me. Right, Let's hear it. You can just leave all the right, room. Sean, <laughs> Jess is all like, dang, man. <laughs> okay. So here it is, five words. Predictable income equals foreseeable lifestyle. Wow. That's pretty good. It's pretty deep. I, yeah. I like it. I like it. Mine's more generalized than that. I, I, we're describing the show today in those five words using that one word. So I came up with planning for the foreseeable future. Hey. Which is kind of the crusp of what I do on a daily that's basis. That's what we do, yeah, that's right? It. 
No, that's awesome. So I'm going to have to contemplate who will be forever enshrined on the wall of wisdom this week. But uh, for last week, Jess was the winner. Wow. Congratulations, I Jess. I called it, too. And so far, nobody has had to buy me any gift cards or contribute to my 401k. So I'm going to have to try a little bit harder, I think, next week because I have something really special in mind for my gift card for next week. And I'll tell you what, man, I want it. Nice. I All want right. it. It's All a challenge. Right. It's Give on. it to him, baby. My, Give it to him. My little, my little bonus there. There it is. Predictable. Well, that's the Noble Capital Radio Hour for this week, and we hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. And I'm Sean. And remember, life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly-owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principles, which may include the speakers and guests featured on this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.